0: Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on CookieCast it's the Getting Over Podcast and we're talking extreme rules. Then rules, they be extreme. Everybody's here and we're talking about what happened at Clash of the Castle. A couple of our members were in attendance, so there's that. And then yes, we're moving on to the pay-per-view extreme rules. Sorry, premium live event. Ugh. Anyway... Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop and generally share the podcast around. If you've got a wrestling fan in your life, send them this podcast. They will love you for it. Right. Let's get going. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast getting over.
1: Recording in progress.
2: Hello, hello, hello. So we are back. It is time for some getting over on Cookie Cast. This time around, we are here to talk some extreme rules on episode 48. Uh, I'm joined on this episode. The usual Motley crew are in So we've got Mr. Paul Williams. How do, Mr. Andy Cook? Hello. hello. And uh, the, the gent that I took a little trip to Wales to watch Classic of the Castle with, Mr. Matthew Moore. How are we all? Good. You're good, good. Gravy. Uh, we will start, as always, with the results of the predictions. However, this one will hit a little bit different, as we, as we discussed last time. And as I've just mentioned, me and Matt were there in person. Uh, we, we did have a little thing last time, but would the guys there in person fare any better than the guys watching from home? about to find out so we'll we'll have a little chat about sort of like our experience of it as well so we'll probably start i mean what time did we start that day Matt? it was about 20 20 past three in the morning and
3: uh, yeah i'll take your word for it i was
2: tired you know, kind of <laughs> angry haze of like what the fuck is going on right now i think there was there was the ge- general plan of we'll get up dead early matt could have a little sleep in the car and then when we get there all good, and what actually happened was we got in the car and just talked all the way there, <laughs> pretty much. So uh, Matt, Matt had the same sleep as I'd had, um, but yeah, we got got into Cardiff nice and early, um, and basically dropped the car and headed into town to, to, to start like picking off different things that we'd had looked at for the day. So first thing was they'd just taken over the entire city centre, and we went to. Um, we went to check out the merch situation. I mean, not if you know if you're watching on YouTube, you'd probably tell that one of us definitely uh, was uh, gonna go and have a look at the old merch. Um, it was definitely Matt, clearly, and um, yeah, we got we got there thought we'd not done too badly in the queue, only to find out that the queue was then about four times longer than the bit we could actually see. Um, but again, got there, did pretty well. Seen some meet and greets going on as well, didn't we? First thing. Um, it, uh, what was he, Madcap Moss was it? Mm, yeah, he he was in the photo, the photo thing. Um, and then as we as we took a little walk out into like the city centre was like lined, wasn't it, with like banners of uh, Clash of the Castle. And it definitely had that kind of big event feel to it, having like really gone to town with it. But we we made our way over to uh, Cardiff Castle, so actual castle. Um, and on the way over, we. Seen, I think Rey Mysterio. Um, he was in
3: the Smiths Smiths tent, was he?
2: Kind yeah. of... That was right. Yeah. By the they had like a big truck, like a big eighteen wheeler truck that they've made into a toy, um, with a wrestling belt hanging off the back of it. Um. But they actually had the real life version of it there, so I'm assuming that we'll probably see something similar on TV at some point soon, just so they can get the uh, <laughs> the the buy in from the uh, the, uh, the you know the children watching. But um. Heading into the actual castle itself, was it? We saw, we saw Seamus walking yep. around. Drew, and, Drew, yeah, and I think just before we'd been there, because I'd seen some pictures later in the day. I think uh, Bianca had been milling about in the castle bit as well. So there was there was plenty plenty going on, um, but we did queue for the Undertaker experience, which sounds like you know it could be anything from getting tombstone into a grave to maybe sin, you know, the man himself, whatever. What it actually was was there was um the almost it felt like a dungeon within Cardiff Castle. They'd sort of commandeered and they'd lit it and dressed it in all the like undertaker paraphernalia. Um they had different um, ring attires that were on mannequins, they had um, mannequins dressed as the Druids with the you know, the, the you know, the old torch bearers as they would have been. Uh, but the, I think the coolest part was you got to then sit on the like the, the Undertaker's throne, if you like. Uh, they dug that out, so that was quite cool. So we had the photo in there. Uh, I think one of the ring ties that they had as well was... It was either WrestleMania 30 or WrestleMania 31's ring jacket, um, which was pretty cool. But it was a big old queue. There wasn't really that much in there. Um but you know what they did have at the end. Another shop, so you could buy Undertaker stuff there too. So they're not daft, are they? Um, but yeah, I think generally, like building up to the day from that point, we've kind of done a few wrestling bits here and there. And uh, Matt had scouted. Uh, was it Ma- Was it Mad Dog that place that we went to? Oh, well, yeah, some kind of something Dog Brewery. That, was my- <laughs> there was that mural outside that outside of it, wasn't there as well? Yeah, we were sat in, we were sat in this uh, craft beer establishment that Matt found and uh, it was like, why are all the people down the street? There's something going on down that street. And then we went out, turned the corner, and there was just a full mural the size of the entire building. Um, so that was that was pretty good. It had uh, Drew and uh, Roman on it. And then we found the tiny Rebel Bar, just happened to be right next to the ground. Um, but the principality was, was great. Um I really hope they do it again, not purely just because selfishly I would absolutely go back, um, but car- Cardiff itself was really good, Like it was a really good host city, everything was nearby, um, they specially closed the roads off as well in the city centre, so you could walk around without fear of getting hit by a car, which was quite quite good for the fact there's like 60 odd thousand people just milling about.
1: Quite a lot of Cardiff is just pedestrianised anyway, it, like the main city centre. But then the bits that were like nearest to the castle were definitely not... Um, and the
2: cat obviously right next door to the stadium so um and because they'd set up an event there it was there was a lot of track like a lot of footfall
3: going backwards and forwards but um yeah, we... it was almost very very niche reference just purely for the four of us uh, is imagine if york kind of made like the inner ring road also pedestrianized as well so if there's something going on in york the inner ring road being pedestrianised as well, so there's like all that space for people to,
2: to mill around in kind of thing. And nobody could get in either kind of, so. but it was good. I thought the whole thing was really well organised. Um the event obviously we'll get to, but just as a spectacle and as a host city I thought it was well worth it. Cardiff Cardiff was good fun. Um probably like, like I'd definitely like to go back and spend more time there. Um, so it, it kind of ticked all the boxes really um, and WWE put some stuff out afterwards saying about how it was a really good like, merch seller and I think it was something like, the, like the, the highest non-WrestleMania sales they'd had for merch and tickets and stuff so they, they did really well out of it so they've got the IP for the Clash of the Castle now probably can't use that too many more places um, but it worked so why not do
1: it again fingers crossed they come back don't leave it another thirteen. Did- years did did Triple H say something like in the in the post match press conference that it wasn't just Clash at the Castle? It was Clash. They, they basically sort of trademarked Clash at the. Mm-hmm. the well, like, obviously they'll just
2: do they'll annex whatever it is on. So like, yeah, I, I because of the fact of like the like alliteration involved in that sense, though. Like, are they going to have to find other things beginning with C to have a Clash at? So you kind of limit like Clash at the. Canteen. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure where it goes from there. To be honest, clash
0: right. at the it car park. It.
2: There we are. <sighs> no, that was it. just after the event, yeah. Andy. we <laughs> <laughs> could yes, have it, we have it at Tottenham
3: Hotspur Stadium. Have it clash at the Carsey So that would be. Uh... <laughs> oh dear. Uh,
2: so yes yeah, So in terms of the actual matches themselves, we should get to some uh, some results. Now, it, the event it, it opened, the six-woman tag match opened, and right off the bat, we all got points. Every single person predicted Bailey and Dakota and Eo Sky to win. Uh, we also got the naming of their faction at Clash of the Castle, so they are now officially known as Damage Control. Um, so that started the night. Um, then as we moved on, we had the... Um, Intercontinental title match. Gunther defending against Sheamus. This match was also given five stars by Uncle Dave Meltzer. Um, it was a hell of a match. Very enjoyable. I'm assuming that we've all seen the pictures of Sheamus's
1: chest afterwards. So, I I would like to pose a question at this particular point, which is, have you now come round on the idea that Gunther is a bit one-dimensional? I mean, he's never going to be a high flyer. I mean, how did he win the uh, UK Championship that time? Oh well, yeah, but it, it wasn't exactly off like the that. top rope, mother. Fuck, huh?
2: It wasn't exactly a four hundred and fifty, though, was it? Come
1: on, <laughs> but no, do you know like? I, th- I think I, I think he was painted with a bit of a bit of a brush of you know he's just he's just a big lad who just like just hits people hard, but I think there's more to his game than that. Now I, th- I think he's a, a very uh, accomplished performer. Personally, I think it was
2: the, it was definitely the right matchup for both of them because they they both clearly enjoy like the physicality side of it. They they, they laid it in big time and it came off really well. I like the fact that early doors as well that. Imperium made the return um, as the, the full unit, so we, we've got uh, the, the newly named Giovanni Vinci, um, who's come up from NXT to reform the group as a three uh, against the Brawling Brutes. I'm sure at the time, Matt's smile as as Ridge Holland was uh, pushed off into the back, not to only be seen for no more than two or three minutes at the start of the match, was huge. Um, but yeah, so. It, it just let the match be the match and it, it was really really good if you haven't seen it go back and watch it because it is well worth your time um, I'm just trying I've got obviously we. I've got the order that we predicted them in I'm trying to remember now the order I'm pretty sure after that it was Liv Morgan and Shane and um, so, oh, sorry I should say it was a 50-50 split so the guys that were there in person had Gunther to win so so far me and Matt up uh, then, yeah, moving on to Shana and Liv. Andy had predicted Shayna to win. Everybody else had Liv. Unfortunately for Andy, he was the only one not receiving a point on that one.
1: Um, not really going to dwell on this match. It wasn't amazing. Um, I'll tell you something. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be an absolute bust. But it wasn't, do you know what? It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. There was a couple of bits in it where I thought,
2: Ooh, but I don't know if it maybe... It was in almost like that graveyard slot of, oh my God, what's just happened before it? And yeah, then it, was, that. It, it was always going to struggle, given the placement. Um, so there was that. Then I believe it was the Edge and Rey Mysterio match versus the Judgment Day. Now, me and Matt had the Judgment Day to win. Andy and Paul had Edge and Mysterio. So whilst yes, technically Matt and uh, me don't get any points on this one, we did also get the turn finally of Dominic Mysterio. So he is now a fully fledged member of the Judgment Day after kicking Edge square in the dick, basically. So there we are, and which then moved on to the Riddle versus Rollins match. Again, really good match. Really enjoyed this one. Uh, great finish. The the. the Extra sort of altitude, I guess, on the stomp as well. Um, Paul and myself had riddle to win. Andy and Matt picking up some points there with with Rollins. Um, yeah, I just again, I, I, I will I will wax about that match because I, I I really I think them two matches, the Gunther match and the um, real match, were the best two matches on that entire bill. It I'll was. a say- Controversially, I think this match
3: was better than the Gunther Sheamus match. I preferred the Riddle Rollins
2: match. Interesting. That one. I think the the Riddle Rollins one definitely had a lot more technicality about it for, for obvious reasons, but it, it it probably told a better story. There was a there was a better build throughout it rather than just two big lads knocking ten bells out of each other. Um so in that regard I would agree. Um but then we moved on to the main event, and Andy and Paul both went for home field advantage with Drew to win. And as much as it pained me at the time, I went for reigns. Matt went for reigns, and that generated us some final scores. We did have some shenanigans at the end with um, Austin Theory trying to cash in, and then this big gypsy guy trying to punch him in the face, and oh, and ended up being in the
1: neck, and yeah. yeah. Everyone knows the best way to to stop a cashing is to open hand slap a guy around the back of his ear.
2: But yeah, Tyson Fury got his five minutes of fame when he was in between making Instagram videos about Anthony Joshua. But um, he, you know, he made an appearance. Um, so yeah, so final scores wise, in joint third place with three out of six. We have the defending champion, Andy Cook, and Mr. Paul Williams. He keeps pointing at himself. He knows it. So we already have the answer to the question of the guys that were there in person did do better. But would it be me or would it be Matt? Well, we have a brand new predictions champion, and that champion is Mr. Matthew Moore with five out of six points, whereas I managed to get four. So well done, Matt. Any any words following your victory from the new champion? I've obviously got to just keep on going
3: to pay-per-views now to win it every time.
2: That sounds like a great, great tactic. So you booked your
1: Royal Rumble tickets already then, yeah? Oh, God. Oh, I was, was, was surprised yeah. I nearly had a heart attack. The, the, flight, to, <laughs> the flight to Philly will be, uh, what, leaving in about 24 hours? <laughs> oh, and I, and yeah, I didn't realise that I've
3: not got my tickets. Well, obviously it's going to be too late for Extreme Rules because... Uh, I didn't realize that this was the tactic, but uh, also, yeah, like I said, Royal Rumble next.
2: <laughs> so, what's been happening since Clash at the Castle? Um, well, we've got you We'll go through some news, uh, but for a change, we are going to start with the AEW news. So, All Out happened the night after Clash at the Castle, and we had some good and some not so good. MJF finally made his return as the Joker in the Casino Ladder Match and as earned a future world title match. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks beat the Dark Order to become inaugural world trios champions. CM Punk won the AEW world title. And then proceeded to spit his dummy out in the press conference afterwards, and had a legit punch-up with members of the Elite. So the whole pay-per-view and fallout went so well that Tony Khan had to open the following episode of Dynamite by vacating the trios titles... And the world title. Uh, it's, it's absolute, like, just implosion. Um, but, yeah, it's one of them situations, I think, where outside parties are never going to really know exactly what's happened. Um, but it, it definitely fully marks the first real sort of period of turmoil that AEW have had to put up with since their inception. Um, and for me now, it's going to be interesting to see if he can actually develop the new stars, whilst most of the featured roster from the main pay per view are currently serving suspensions, um, Punk status hasn't really been cleared up yet, as far as I'm aware. Either there's there's just been
1: sort of no mention. He's had surgery, hasn't he? Right. So okay. He, I think he. I don't know what it was. I think it was like maybe a torn bicep, potentially. But he injured himself again, which, let's be honest, isn't a great sign. Um. At the pay per view, um, so I think he was. I don't know whether it was a, a case if it was he was going to be able to work through it or not. But yeah, he's he's since had um, surgery because there was a picture that he was doing around on Twitter the other week where he was pictured with a fan and um, he had a sling on. So
2: when you say he was pictured with a fan, it wasn't Danhausen again, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't a fan housing. Though. <laughs> um, so yeah but let's say his, his status hasn't really been revealed other than obviously Paul's seeing the injury news but there was some speculation at the time that he might even be let go over what happened so I guess watch this space on that one um, but one big name did join AEW shortly after the artist formerly known as Page in WWE has made a return to wrestling following a formerly career ended neck injury so almost following in the footsteps of Edge um, I know Daniel Bryan's was more of a concussion-based thing, but again, that was career-ending and seemingly about to come back from that. So, the using her own name now, so uh, Soraya, the daughter of the, they want to believe, world-famous Knight family from uh, Norfolk. Um, I think she's the most famous one. I don't think there's any question in that. But yeah, there's been no in-ring return as yet but it does appear to be on the cards, so we'll see what happens. I'm going to always find this difficult. The same even now, watching an edge match or watching a, a Brian Danielson match. If my, suspension, if, my belief, if my belief is suspended whilst watching it, there is always that point where I, something happens and I think, they've got a bad neck, or Ooh, they've had a really bad concussion, and it does kind of take me out of it a little bit. Um I know that's not the main thing, because the main thing is that they're all right, but it, it makes me panic for their safety. So maybe I'm just getting old, who knows.
1: It, I, I, I think you're just human, to be honest with you.
2: <laughs> An old human, thanks, but Yeah. The thing,
3: the thing with Paige slash Soraya is the fact that her previous sabbatical uh, was neck injury-related, slash, you know, you shouldn't be wrestling anymore. And then she came back and was promptly... Dumped on her neck or something like that, and was immediately kind of thinking like, like you said, you know, you do it with edge because you kind of think ah, he's already had one and he's come back. Mm. She's now on two and is coming back, and it, 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 it's just that kind of. You know, in the same way that whenever we hear Rick Flair saying, "I never should have said that was my retirement match," you never want to hear someone saying, "I'm coming back again," on a, on a dangerous ill uh, on a dangerous injury. And that you said the same kind of thing with Daniel Bryan. Um, you just think, yeah, like you said, you're watching it each time, thinking, Whoo. and AEW doesn't always seem as safe a place to wrestle as 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 the wwe because i mean i probably get myself wrong wrong here but they're not maybe not as well trained kind of you know coming from the indie kind of side of things and you know like some of the some of the wrestlers definitely some of the female wrestlers are green shall we say like you know like brit Baker's not been wrestling that long um since Staplander as well. She's
2: not been wrestling that long. It I'd could be I'd definitely that. Well. i take exception to the Brit, but she hasn't been wrestling that long. But Brit Baker is one of the best that they've got. But I I take your point on the others. I think it's it's difficult for them though because like you say, they are coming straight from the indie thing. I, don't, I think it's a case of that they're not they're not safe because they would know how to be safe. But I think it's more a case of that they just give less of a shit because they've got to. Yeah. They feel like they've got to get all the flips and the, the high the high bumps and all the rest of it in because that's that's what they think people want there. So it's just, I, I suppose it's, they might see it as higher risk, higher reward, but then how high is the reward if they end up duffing themselves?
1: Yeah. That's, that's what it'll always boil down to for me. It's a case of if you've got an injury where if you get the same injury again, you're at risk of paralysis or even potentially death. Why take the chance? Mm. And that's what it'll always boil down to for me. But like you said, it could just be because I'm a a, you know dour pessimist, I suppose. But (laughs) (laughs) on that note, tune into the football podcast. Oh, (laughs) oh, oh! You are in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Um. So we'll 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 move on from the AW rehire or hire to some rehires from WWE. So. Candice LeRae has made it to Raw, following in the footsteps of her husband, Johnny Gagano. I'm glad to see her get a chance on the main roster, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what she brings to that women's division. She's never going to be the biggest, she's never going to be the strongest, but she is probably one of the most charismatic ones that was in NXT in her time before she, uh, she had the little one. Um, coming straight back onto the main roster, as a brand, sort of a fresh character to the main roster as well, should, should do her the world of good, and that entire division. Uh, but we also had a slightly bigger rehire. I know that mean bigger in terms of star power, I mean physically bigger. Because uh, uh, the monster among men is back. Braun Strowman looking meaner and leaner than ever. And and Matt could not be happier about it. Well, he's, Braun's so happy, he's been back flipping cars already. So, you know, that was, there, was a, there was this backstage segment before it was revealed that it was him where there's two people, I can't remember it was, just stood in the car park looking at the car as if to say that shouldn't be upside down um, but he also then came back, took out I think it was eight wrestlers in a multi-person tag match um, and then probably the biggest feat of strength of that week was the fact that he power slammed Otis um, like 350 odd pound guy just up into the air um, go on then, Matt. Matt, are you not happy about this one, Matt? I just don't see the point. I, I just,
3: you know, like, they buried him last time he was there, and
2: are we going to go do this dance all over again? He has lost a bit of steam already. From, like, they, they, they came back with a big fanfare, did all that in his first week. I haven't really been sort of, He fe- haven't got a featured match at the pay-per-view. Um, and that's it. So unless they're going to, Spoiler alert,
3: um, unless they're going to align him with Bray Wyatt again, then uh, then he's just he's just going to be the big, come and level everybody, you know, like big, like viscera kind of thing. He's going to be that character kind of thing because if they're not going to make him. The, and this, this is the kind of problem that I suppose. Yeah, you know, we could talk about like the clash of the um, clash of the cow, castle. You know, Reigns has nobody. We talked about this when when we were in Cardiff. Reigns has nobody left to fight now, and and putting and even putting Strowman in front of him is is not an option because that's already happened and that's been in, been in done. And I just don't see the point of him being there. He's he's just got. I don't think he offers anything, and they've already got Omos there, who seems to have disappeared anyway. So, and like, if you're looking for that enforcer, then you've got Cross as well. Yeah, who's an infinitely
2: better wrestler than either of those. Yeah. So, I'm I'm okay with him being back purely from a personal standpoint because my boys absolutely love him. So that that'll make them more enthusiastic about watching it when he's on. So I I'm okay with it on that front. But like you say, if they are going to do the thing with Bray, which we will come to shortly, um. Why didn't they keep the powder dry until then? Yeah. It's, it does seem a bit like,
1: oh, we'll do this. Oh, in a minute. Oh, oh we've, oh we've opened the door now. Like dare, dare I say, are we at the point where we were in the um, Monday Night Wars, where it's just a case of, you know, returns for returns sake, or like pops for pops sake, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, potentially.
2: I think it's, more from the comp- not not the competition between the two companies though it's more to kind of get a rise out of the, like look how many people we can bring back that Vince Bend off like it's not it's not necessarily an AEW WWE conflict because the people that are coming back I don't think um, Candice maybe but Braun Strowman had never never like do anything in AEW they wouldn't know what to do with him so even Control Your narrative didn't know what to oh wait a minute hang on. Anyway, um, so yeah, we shall we shall we shall move on. Um, but even poor though we old, are here, poor old EC three, <laughs> just sat in a room on his own now. When yeah, but he's back? controlling his own narrative. To be fair, when are you coming back, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll move on. So uh, we are here to talk about extreme rules later on. But the main event of November's Saudi-based premium live event has been revealed. Andy, over to you. You know all about this, don't you? I
0: don't know anything about
2: this. (laughs) So Roman Reigns will be making the trip and defending his titles against none other than everybody watch Andy's face. Logan Paul.
0: Uh, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you.
1: Andy um, we love that. I did wonder I, I, if Andy was just gonna like, just gonna physically just turn everything off there and just, just leave the chat <laughs> all together.
0: This it, of all the things that they ever do, this is the number one thing that dilutes the brand. And it's like dumping an ocean's worth of water onto the brand in the fact that it's diluting the brand. Why are they wasting their time with this horse manure?
2: I mean, to, to be fair to the guy directly, he didn't do badly in his Mania match and his SummerSlam match, but he's had two matches. It's... For for the diehard wrestling fans, it will always be an issue because, like, what about all the other people in the queue first? What about all the people who have... uh, Hell, I didn't put Braun Strowman in the queue ahead of this guy. Like, like, what? I I don't understand it from how they can get it across as a legitimate story standpoint. Like, if they want to have it still as somebody working their way up to win a title. So what, what happens when Cody Rhodes comes back? Look what happened to him. So he worked his way back to the company. Then he had his peck ripped off. Then he's worked his way back from the injury, and and to come back to find out this guy who's been here for like a cup of coffee's had a title match at one of the again a high gross in international premium live event. It doesn't it doesn't sit right with, with the fans. I don't think. I think the people it does sit right with are the people who are just trying to get the name. Of the, uh, the, this guy's got 30 million plus social million uh, social media followers it's, it's a figure that they've touted but you're not telling me that of those 30 million because that is across different platforms I mean how many can you divide that by if one person's got the same guy on Instagram and then on Facebook and then on like, you can probably divide that by four at least these days for the amount of platforms <laughs>
1: The argument they're always going to they are always going to use—is, "Ooh, he's a needle mover," and that's that's all. But that's all it boils down to, isn't it? Like, I'm sure that I'm sure they said on one of the podcasts that like that Corey Graves does the other week. It was like, "Oh, well, yeah, but he's got a massive social media following in um, in Saudi Arabia," and who cares? I, Fair, fair enough. It, the, the the show is in Saudi Arabia, and I could understand if it was a show just for the Saudi Arabians. But they're showing it on the network, and it's going all around the ro- it's going all around the world. So, well, but that's effectively that's effectively
3: what it is, though. It's a show, and it's not even the show for the Saudi Arabians. It's a show for the Saudi prince who goes, "I want this match," and they go. Oh, all right, then. Yeah, we'll do that then because you're giving us an absolute shit ton of your blood money. So, um, we'll uh, <laughs> to, do a bit of, to do a bit of sports washing for us, oh, and no, uh, you know, it's like, then it's like, all right, let's do this one. Yeah, we've seen it over and over again of pointless matches of wrestlers who are not kind of, a, of to it, and this is just the culmination of the absolute like. Piss take. That, is there is that any of the Saudi shows, and and that I think that's what they should be treated as. It should be treated as a different dimension. Unfortunately, we have to see it, and you know we do have to kind of acknowledge it. But it should be treated as something else over here. It has the WWE branding and it has, uses WWE wrestlers, but it might as well be WWE Saudi Arabia just for that day. Because it doesn't matter what the fucking storyline is. It doesn't matter who's in the company at the time. If if the, the Saudi prince decides he wants whoever in the main event. They'll do it for him within reason.
0: It should be and the equivalent of the Pro Bowl. It, it's the yeah. it's the show that nobody cares about yet they keep doing it year in year out.
3: But it's like the Pro Bowl. If but if then like the Saudi Arabian prince decided that he wanted like Logan Paul, KSI, um, and. Whichever YouTube influencer, toss-pot, fucking talentless hack, wanted to take part of it. So you know,
1: I'm, I'm like, I don't know how true this is, but I'm sure that someone said that like the, the very first time they went over there, he asked for some guys that obviously had been seen in like the mid nineties when obviously it was massively popular as Matt, well. and like two or three of them had died, and he didn't want yeah. and stuff like that. Well, <laughs> but...
2: oh. Possibly because there were ones that he hadn't paid for. Anyway, moving on. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so there, there is that to look forward to. Will, will Logan Paul be ready for the main event, do we think? Find out next month whether we like it or not. <laughs> right, um, further teasers have been dropped for future events as well, as Triple H has confirmed that Survivor Series is going to drop the Raw versus SmackDown format. And he's going to feature two war games matches this year, both storyline driven, one for the men and one for the women. What? Firstly, what do we think of them dropping the bragging rights issue?
1: Happy with that? There's been plenty of Survivor Series where it's not been the case in the past, so it doesn't really matter to me. The brands, but it's not really a thing anymore, anyway, is it? So. No.
2: no. And if, as we've, we talked about, I think last year as well. The, the same point. They need to if they're gonna do Raw versus SmackDown. They need to have some sort of ramifications for the, like a, a prize or, uh, or you know, punishment for the for the winners and losers. And it never happens. So that that was, was also for me. Can, can it, I, I
3: mean, I'd have to look it up. But Raw wins most years anyway, so it's not really it.
2: A... <laughs> Which I'm <laughs> sure Roman Roman Reigns is on wins most yeah. years. Um. But also, as well, are we happy that War Games has finally made it to the main roster? Yeah, yeah, I think it's the I new kind of twist to it. For there'll be a lot of people, I think, not familiar with with the concept because obviously it's been a, been a, probably two or three generations since it's been in the mainstream brands. Um, but also, when it was in NXT, it was it was it was pretty much the collaboration match of all of the indie darlings. Um, so whether or not that trans- transposes to the, the main roster, or they try to do it their own style by filling it full of the Braun Strowmans and so on and so forth, that'll be interesting. I think realistically, they're either
3: going to have to. If, I mean, I presume they'll do a, a men's one and a women's one. Yeah, yeah. You're going to want to get Gargano in there. You're going to want to get AJ Styles in there. You're going to want to get Owens in there. Yeah. You're going to want to get like you said. In the wink, wink, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. We know they're indie darlings, but they're WWE wrestlers now, and they're going to do all the absolutely nuts shit that you wanted want in a war games thing. I wonder if they're going to get old Greg to do the the, uh, the the theme song for it instead of Love Games. They could have War Games.
2: <laughs> right. So we have got one more bit to talk about before we get to the predictions, but the thing that we need to talk about may have an effect on the predictions. So I'm going to suggest you grab a drink, we'll have a break that you won't even realise as a watcher or a listener, and we will be back with that and then we'll, we'll all make our predictions together. So we will be right back to you.
1: Recording in progress.
2: Okay, so we're ready. We well, we were talking about um, spoilers and teasers before upcoming pay per views. Well, we've got some. There's been some plenty of teasers before Extreme Rules, and we definitely can't really get into the predictions without talking about the game of hide and seek that's seemingly taking place on WWE programming at the moment, referencing the White Rabbit. There's been a lot of clues so far. Um, I have got. Um, A list of highlights of of such things Won't go through each individual one Because we'll be here until Well, past the reveal, probably Um, But for the past several weeks uh, The 1967 song White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane Has been played randomly at live events And during commercial breaks For those in attendance at Raw or Smackdown QR codes have been popping up in the background On programming left, right and centre um it started with um one behind austin theory and kevin owens on a match on raw um when people scanned it it took them to um a game of hangman the question posed was who killed the world and the answer was you did um additional codes have been going on um there's been one featuring a cartoon pig there's been one featuring a big bad wolf um yeah. There's the the latest one of the latest ones, however, was um when you scanned it, it took you to a painting and the painting was Samson and Delilah. And there is a number that was on the image, and if you Google the number, it takes you to White Rabbit Milk, which is a, a brand in the States I'm led to believe. Or possibly not the States, maybe even Japan. Um all sorts of stuff. There's been People have even then been on the websites and got the coding for it, and there've been things written in the code. Um, there was in one of them there was the lyrics to Malachi Black's uh, or Alistair Black as he was in WWE's old theme music. Um, there was something on this week's one that had Gacy, which is possible reference to uh, NXT wrestler. Um, there was part of. Um, Part of one of the QR codes, so kind of like a code within a code, was a magic eye, which I haven't done one of them since I was about thirteen, um, and that had a code on it that when you then translated the code, it's it spelled out. Um, what was that the thing that spelled out Yeezy? Possibly. Um, oh no, it wasn't. That was the thing that it gave you a number, which was one zero eight two two, which in American format is the date of this weekend's pay-per-view. So, everything keeps moving on. It's every, every time there's been a number, it's always the next thing. But it seems that this has been the first uh, premium live event since it started. So, are we going to get the reveal this weekend? And will that reveal be Bray Wyatt? If not, it's one hell of a swerve. But they've, had, they've, they've even had, like... Um, in the in the posters for extreme rules in the background, they've had fireflies and lanterns.
1: So obviously that's harking back to, to why it from time's gone by. Part of me wonders whether they'll do um they'll do that thing that like AEW's done in the past where like they build it up, they build it up, they build it up, you think it's gonna be some guy and then bam, it's somebody else. And then just as you're sort of getting used to that guy being there, they just bring the other guy in through the back door and he just sort of turns up and is like, Hi. Everyone's like, oh. hi. What? Ah, what the fuck? I don't think they're ever going to do Bray Wyatt return quietly, are
2: they? Let's be, let's be fair. Um, aside from this, as well, they have. Um, I, I saw just before we started uh, recording that they've hired a new writer, which is a, like quite a famous horror writer, but I can't recall his name, and I can't typically can't find it now. But he's he's apparently the one that's responsible for all of this QR code and hide and seek business. Um been quite fun to follow it around i know by the time that we get it over in the uk that usually people have been online and gone actually it all means this and there's this here and that there and that the other which has probably made it a little easier to follow at this side of the pond um but yeah it's it's fun it's a little interactive there's an air of mystery to it if it turns out not to be bray wyatt then who like i am lost for who it could be they can't, they can't have um, Arster Black. He's on hiatus from AEW, but has been allegedly tied to a deal whereby he's not allowed to sign for WWE. So, um, whilst on this this break, but yeah, it's, it's got to be Wyatt, surely. And if it is Wyatt, as we mentioned earlier about Braun, is it going to be on his own? Or is it going to be... There's, there's talk of it being like a full... Um, Stable almost as having like why it would be Huskus the pig and um, like Alexa would be back as um, no, sorry, not Alexa, Scarlett would be in there as Abby the Witch and that kind of thing from uh, the Funhouse days. I'd, I, I don't know that they'll go back to that Funhouse setup immediately. I think it'd be all out destruction, personally.
0: According to the internet, Uh, WWE have hired Rob Fee of Marvel fame. Marvel and Disney fame, apparently. He's a horror writer um, and is responsible for the White Rabbit stuff. Uh, The internet alludes to in the midst of Bray Wyatt rumours.
2: I assume that if he's written... Recently, for Disney, and he's a horror writer that has probably done the screenplay for most of the live-action stuff they've been covering in the last five years, because um, they've been terrible. But yeah, so yeah, bear in mind. Then we're about to go into predictions for Extreme Rules, but if you want to, if you want to slip in there, that Wyatt may casually just drop by and completely stuff everything up. Um, that is also an option. Um, the Samson and Delilah thing. Is people are uh, speculating that that's a direct reference to the fact that Alexa Bliss effectively screwed him over at WrestleMania, um, a la Delilah. Um, but whilst we obviously talk about Alexa Bliss, be remiss of me not to drop this in right now, because uh, it's still ongoing, folks. So get yourself in. Please do like, share and subscribe. Get on over to YouTube. If you're listening to us right now and you've never been onto YouTube in your life, it'll take you two minutes. Um, it'd be really appreciated, and if you uh, if you do drop by and get us to that magic number of subscribers, 100 subscribers, you will be in with a chance of winning a brand new Alexa Bliss Funko Pop for free. Um, I think the numbers had gone up a little bit last time I checked as well, so thank you very much to those who've done it.
0: Yeah, people and want that Funko said, Pop.
2: Very, very much appreciated. Um, so yeah, Extreme Rules, predictions time. It is Happening this coming weekend on Saturday, the 8th of October. And it's emanating from the Wells Fargo Centre in Philadelphia. Obviously the most easy time in the world. They've decided to do an Extreme Rules event in the home of ECW. And they did get Paul Heyman to do the voiceover for the advert for it as well. So every, everything fell into place for that one. Um, but as we always say on here... All the match information we're about to discuss is taken from WWE.com and is correct at the time of recording. Even after Triple H has taken over, the card is still very much subject to change. Uh, We currently have six matches to discuss, so here we go. Uh, First up on my list is the SmackDown Women's title match, which is an Extreme Rules match. Liv Morgan defending her title against Ronda Rousey. As we know um, from episodes gone by, Liv took the title from Ronda at Money in the Bank after winning the ladder match and then cashing in on the same night. And since then, Liv had a controversial victory over Ronda at SummerSlam, uh, battled through an arm injury against numerous opponents on SmackDown, and then overcame Shayna Baszler in Cardiff. Uh, Ronda did return to action following a suspension for going absolutely nuts and ripping Adam Pearson's arm nearly out of its socket. Adam Pearson. Adam Pearce's arm. Out of socket um, But she did beat Natalia, Sonia Deville, Lacey Evans And Zaya in a five way match But then Liv actually raised the stakes Back on the 16th of September by declaring The bout to be an extreme rules match Has she got something planned? Or is Rhonda just going to come back And break stuff? Uh, Andy Do you want to go first on this one?
0: So Um I've decided to do a bit of a, a bit of a reversal on uh, on on my predicting this time out. Uh, there are certain people that I'm always like, "Yep, yeah, that person's going to win," and I'm I'm seeing a pattern because uh, they don't. So um, this time out, I am going with Liv Morgan to retain. Very few, very few times there have been where I would say. Not well, I would go against Ronda Rousey winning something, um, but yeah, like I say, not the first time in these predictions, I'm going to go different.
1: Okay, right, you are in the book for Liv, Paul. Yeah, uh, I I agree with Mr. Cook. I would like to also go for Liv. I, I don't know, like, I don't really know what the what the Rousey sort of direction is at the minute. Um, so I don't know, I reckon it'll be another one of these. You'll get a bit of a shady finish, and obviously the fact that it's an extreme rules match means that they can play around with the sort of the logistics of it. But I think it might be something like Shana might cost of the match, and then they sort of go into a program with them too. because that's that's something that I've thought they might have on the cards for a while. Oh, like a, and then um, they do like a, an extreme, not an extreme rules, like an MMA style match between the two, or even like obviously. Later in the in the night, there's this there's the fight pit match, and they might end up using that stipulation. But for those two, because in theory they're the two that are the in the women's department in the department in the women's division, <laughs> could pull sort of it off. the, the, the women legitimately, department. I suppose. Yeah. Well. They, they can have, um,
2: they can bill it as a first ever as well, can't they, if they do women's version of it? So there is that. Can't Throwing wait for it. the promos for that that match if it ever happens. Shayna Baszler in
3: the Ronda <laughs> Rousey. Wow, that'll be a laugh a minute, won't it? One for, one for the purists,
1: one for the purists.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're in for Liv as well, Paul. Matt? Uh, I'm going to go Ronda Rousey with this one. I think Liv's had
3: a, quite a few um, defences The it doesn't seem to have been the most over-title range, shall we say. Um, so I think maybe they'll try and move it along as we move into Survivor Series season and uh, Royal Rumble coming as well. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, I agree with Matt. I I think that if they were going to do something with Liv, it'd have taken taking off by now. Um, she had that organic sort of fan reaction up until the point she won it seemingly and then as soon as she won it, everybody seemed to turn on her a little bit and it's never really quite been the same. Um, Ronda was suspended. They had no real reason to bring her back unless they were going to do something with her. So that was my kind of reasoning behind it. So I've gone for Ronda Rousey. So we've got a 50-50 split on the first one. Um, The second match I have listed is an I quit match edge versus finn balor now edge's quest to destroy what he created continues and he probably thought he'd done all right uh, by besting his former faction alongside Rey mysterio back at clash at the castle but the celebration was short-lived as we mentioned earlier after a swift kick to the nether regions from none other than the son of his tag partner that night as we found out on the raw following dominic has indeed changed allegiance and is stepping away from the shadow of his famous father uh, by seemingly becoming Rhea Ripley's bitch. Um, yeah, that, that's bizarre. Why does she need to whisper into his ear every time? Like, uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, Edge took on Dominic um, on Raw, but was then subjected to a beatdown by the Judgment Day, and it resulted, allegedly, in a grid 2 MCL sprain. The I Quit match was laid out following Edge's return. Uh, on the 26th of September. So the MCL stream clearly wasn't enough to make him quit then. But will he quit this weekend? Um, we'll flip it around. I'll go first on this one. Um, I've put in Bauer to win. Um, I, keep, I keep flogging this. They, they need a win, man. Judgment Day need a big win, badly. Um this is probably the match where I did wonder about Wyatt getting involved. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Because of the whole kind of, ooh, look at us, the Judgment Day, we've got a spooky entrance. I thought it was an easy tie-in, but I, I'm, I, then I couldn't even piece that together. So I, I, yeah, I've just gone for for Balor to win. I'm not quite sure how Edge would give the words I quit, but they'll find a way if they really want Balor to win. Um, okay Paul do you want to go next then
1: so I also think battle will win and I think it'll be that they get to they'll get Edge to say it by putting Mysterio in like a dangerous sort of situation like get like a chair around his neck or something like that and they'll say if you don't say it then we're gonna you know break his neck or whatever blah 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 they've done that in the past to sort of get around the stipulation so
2: Mm. okay so that's two for Bala so far. Matt.
3: I've gone Bala as well. Just in that kind of thing of building him again as well. The judgment day, I don't know I don't know how they can do it, but it needs to go away. Because they're meant to be spooky. They're not. And they're just like a bit of a kind of jokey gang kind of thing, really. Just they're just like Yeah, whenever you see them, they're just like having a bit of cracking, just like, you know, just carrying on and just like just a bit kind of how would you kind of put them like a bit jockish kind of like like jocks at school kind of thing just like knuckle dusting you know kind of like doing that to people nuggies and all that kind of thing it's just (laughs) like they just seem a bit too much of a they look but then the execution of the gimmick it's two completely different things, and I think at
2: some point they just need to bin it off. And yeah, I, I can't see them binning it off because they're still seemingly on the recruitment drive at the moment as well. So it could only get bigger from here. As mm. um, so that's three for Bala Andy.
0: Now I know what the social media circus is going to say. He was playing for points, but. I had Edge down on my list way before any of this. I, I think it's a perfect point in time for Edge to take a win. Uh, uh, it's just the way things have been going for him. And like you say, the the, the recruitment drive making things bigger. I think uh, just, a little, just a little win for Edge will... Uh, Calm things down a bit, maybe. So, uh, some will say I was playing for points, but no, edge was written down long before this.
2: Okay, so that's uh, Andy out there on Points Island. Uh, We uh, we will move on to the good old-fashioned Donnybrook match: the brawling brutes versus Imperium. So, firstly. you're probably asking yourself what a good old-fashioned Donnybrook match is, and if you're listening or watching along, you're probably going to ask me. Well, I can say that that at least makes two of us that have no idea what the hell this is, gents. Anyone? Uh, it, it's basically a street fight. Oh, okay. Well, I did add a bit of digging, and I found I also found out that it's essentially what Paul said: street fight, no DQ version. With weapons and seemingly a small Smattering of casual racism Um, I was going to say
3: There's some leprechauns with a pot of gold (laughs) At the end of a rainbow there Looking (laughs) for the lucky charms
2: maybe (laughs) Uh, The key key point for this is Obviously these groups have been going out for a little while But Sheamus is once again battling Gunther for the IC title On Smackdown So we could actually end up at this match With a new Intercontinental champion as well Uh, But I guess Will that will that really sort of take any effect, regardless of the result of that match? Where do we see this going, uh, Matt? Do you want to go? I'm going for Imperium
3: because there's no way I'm going for a team that's got Ridge Holland in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd have kept that to last. Now, ah, okay, fair enough. That was nice and simple. Um, I've gone for the Brutes because I don't see Sheamus winning the title and it gives them a way of carrying this on a little bit until he does win the title so um, I've gone the other way um, Andy there was some nodding going yep, on Yep,
0: absolutely everything you've said there I am in full agreement okay.
1: that was nice and easy then Paul? Yep 3 uh, three from 3 for that uh, I would also go with the Brutes as it's an easy way to give Seamus a big win obviously he doesn't have to pin Gunther he can pin one of the two like you know doofers.
2: I think, I think that's how they carry it on. I think he loses to some shady business on Smackdown and then he pins him at the uh, event I think, personally.
1: Oh right, so you would have it, so you think he might actually lose? I,
2: th- I think no, I think I think Sheamus will, will lose
1: the, the night before. Yeah that's what I mean, but then you'll have Gunther lose the uh, the Extreme Rules match? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how they I'm carry it on. I'm with
2: you. Um... Okay, so what have we got then? Um, We've got left, we've got three matches to discuss. So we should probably just have a little reset again. Two seconds. Don't blink. We'll be back.
1: Recording in progress.
2: You may have blinked, but you didn't miss us. We're back. So straight into a strap match to be very careful I go with this one. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Carrion Cross. Um, ever since the return of Carrion Cross with Scarlet, he's taken to dishing out the beatings and distractions to Drew. Carrion's first act upon return was to smash Drew's head into ring steps. So, you know, it started well. Um, then he showed up ringside, clash at the castle, sitting there looking all pretty and, uh, and, and Scarlet. And um, And on a later episode of SmackDown, he attacked the big Scotsman from behind. Drew then accuses him of not wanting a fair fight. Simple booking, off to the races. But yeah, on the 23rd of uh, September SmackDown edition, uh, Drew revealed that he'd been granted a strap match, uh, leaving Cross nowhere to hide and certainly no more uh, uh, blindsiding. So, of course, as that was announced, cue another ambush. Um, Although this time Drew was ready, until Scarlet hit him with a low blow and then blew a fireball in his face. So that was uh, that. That was it, again. I, the fireball stuff always freaks me out because, like, it's really well done. It can't be that dangerous, but it always looks very impressive. Um, so yeah, Drew wanted the fight head on. But will he be made to regret it this weekend? Uh,
1: Paul, do you want me to go first? Um. Haven't seen SmackDown since he's been back. So is this his first match since returning to the company? First,
2: first, um, not first match, but first uh, premium live event. He has had matches, right? Uh, he's gone um, back to, from what I, from what I've seen. He's gone back to using the the cross jacket, you know, the like the essentially sleeper as his uh, Raji finisher, and he also then has been using that. Um, forearm to the back of the head that he was using in NXT a little bit as well
1: hmm. um, yeah first first sort of big big thing since he's been back cross for me please okie dokie uh,
0: Andy uh, this is one of the things I was talking about earlier uh, no matter how much I like Drew McIntyre I am tired of picking him and watching him get beat um, so I've decided to go the other way this time Which surely means he's absolutely going to win, but uh, it's cross for me as well, please.
2: Okie dokie. I have also gone for carrying cross, exactly the same reason as Paul. Um, Let's not set him off with a loss, because otherwise Vince might as well come back and take the writer's room. Um, So, yeah, I have also gone carrying cross. That leaves you, Matt, to either take a point or join in the zero points party, whichever. (laughs) I was about to say, give those dittos another ditto because I've gone carry across as well. Okay, right, it's nice and straightforward. So, uh, is that that's the first one that we've got an agreement on? With two matches still to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Raw Women's title is a ladder match. Bianca Belair going in as champion against Bailey. Now. I love a good ladder match, and this one certainly has potential to be a show stealer. Uh, as I noted earlier, um, Bailey and friends were victorious at Clash at the Castle, and Bailey was the one that pinned Bianca Belair in that match. And that's the first time that Bailey has been pinned in over three hundred days. Uh, Bianca has been pinned in over three hundred days. Sorry. So Bailey laid out the challenge shortly after. Uh, sorry, shortly after Damage Control laid out Bianca. Um, it was at the conclusion of um, a Bailey versus Alexa Bliss match on Raw, which was one of Bailey's first um, matches back. Was in the main event slot. Very well done. Enjoyed that. Um, Bianca Belair is sort of proven from day one in WWE that she can back up the claims of the EST stuff. So you know the, the roughest, the toughest, and all the rest of that. But a ladder match to me feels like somewhat uncharted territory for her, um, so it would be quite different for her. I think it, you know the, the strength game is her forte. Don't necessarily need to be like the biggest one, strongest one to win a ladder match, and it kind of lends slightly more to the kind of sneaky weasel heel tactics. I think to, for something to happen, so there is there is that option in there. But I guess it's, it's barely. Paul, absolutely going to win this match, or will uh, the, will, will the resume of Bianca once again reach new heights as she reaches
1: for the belt. Uh, no, to Bailey winning this one. Um, Bianca to retain. Okay, we have to, we have to come to you first for a, a Bailey result. So you go obviously you, actually
2: going against your girl, yeah? I mean, she and my girl,
1: but so. Oh. Um, a Bailey, who ah, as as was once sang. You Possibly. can uh, you can sing it all you want, and I'm sure you ca- I'm sure you joined in. in Damn uh, right inside it. inside Principality Stadium with uh, with great glee and gusto. <laughs> She's been doing some
2: cracking work as well. She was trying trying her hardest that night to just keep it keep it all healed up, and in the end, I think she just had to move on because she was going to crack. But my favourite thing that I've seen on Twitter this week was the picture of the little girl that had taken an A4 sign to RAW with Bailey's name on it, and somebody had tweeted it to Bailey saying, "Look, Bailey, some some little girl is still taking a sign for you to RAW," and she she, she quoted the tweet and put, "No one's going to see that tiny ass sign." I was like, "Yes, she's going <laughs> after the little girl again."
1: What a bitch!
2: So yeah, so uh, Paul is going for Bianca Belair, Andy.
0: Say it with me, gents. There's absolutely no way Bailey's losing this one. Oh, I, fe- I felt a bit. I felt a bit sad because I felt you. St- I felt you stole my thunder because I was absolutely gearing up for learning it um, Yeah, <laughs> well, I, it, it's, I think uh, we're having
2: as down pat as you did, so you still got that
0: one. Yeah, uh, I think we need to get some kind of. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hire a choir to to sing it. I think, and then I'll just play it every time I predict it.
2: I, I thought because she was back on the card, I, I thought Paul either last time or this time would have had his Bailey t shirt on and like the wavy the inflatable tube men behind him. But apparently, that's not a thing anymore. Uh, okay, so one each so far, Matt. Uh, I've gone Belair. I think they're going to try and keep they'll keep it on here for a while longer. Okay. Um, I have also gone for Bianca Belair um, part of me thinks that if they hadn't have announced that they're going to have a women's war games match next month I would have probably have said barely um, however the fact that there's a female faction now in damage control surely means that they're going to be in that um, that match have to be so you would expect that therefore Bianca will be as well in some way shape or form so again I think she hangs on to it for now Um, and that I think that title change will happen just a little bit further down the road possibly December time possibly Royal Rumble who knows Uh, but yeah so Andy with his pick of Bailey again could be swiftly in the points Um, so that leaves us with one match to discuss which as Paul alluded to earlier we have a fight pit match on the card And it's not just a straight-up fight pit match. It is a special guest referee fight pit match because they have drafted in Daniel Cormier of UFC fame um, to referee between Matt Riddle and Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, Whilst this match should be great, as the match in Cardiff was, why are we here? Like, what are we still doing with this? Like, Rollins had the better of every exchange in this rivalry so far. And was completely ready to move on. And it seems that. Riddle had other ideas. It seems very strange to me. That Rollins is effectively the heel. In this match. And has had the deck stacked against him. Completely. And. For those of you that don't know. Daniel Cormier. Is probably one of the best to ever grace a UFC cage. The place where Matt Riddle. Also used to work. So they've got that kind of tie in Um, the fact that the fight pit does take place itself inside a cage um, if you're unfamiliar with it it's not quite as big as the um, standard cage match and it has like a platform around the the top of it as well based on what we've seen in NXT so it
1: gives a little bit more license for shenanigans from there Um, is it sorry sorry to jump in here Um, is it a little bit like the uh, the, we're going way back here but do you remember like in the, the late nineties, there was the weapon, uh, the the lion's den. Yes, that Ken Shamrock had. Is it a bit yeah. like that?
2: Uh, Yeah, and as well, funny you should mention him as well, right at this point, because uh, Shamrock was originally uh, putting himself about online, trying trying to get involved with this, and then obviously he's uh, wrestled elsewhere more recently. But they could, they went straight straight for say, if if people are familiar with UFC, they will absolutely know who Daniel Cormier is, um, without a shadow of a doubt. So I thought that was that was quite decent, um, but I just I just don't understand why everything's in Riddle's favour when Rollins has won every match so far. This this to me should be a month behind us now. We should be moving on to fresh stuff. I'm sure this will be good. I'm sure it'll be decent to watch. I just get the feeling that. Doing everything they can just to get Riddle with this home field advantage, but I don't see what him winning brings to the, the party at all, at all. So um, for that reason, um, I've clearly gone for Riddle because he'll win. <laughs> it, there's no reason why why we're here. Riddle has everything going for him, so why not let him win this one and just drag it out a bit more? Um, I'm not happy about it, can you tell? Yeah, thought so. Okay, who who wants to go second on this one?
0: Just stick me down for some ditto marks on, on everything there.
2: Okay. Uh, Riddle is in the book for you.
0: Fantastic.
1: Okay, um, Paul? Same, I, I mean... Uh, like you said, I, I just don't really get this one. It's, it's almost as if, I, I don't know whether they've just like, riddle not riddle. I don't know if like, Rollins has just become like, not an afterthought, but they've just sort of taken their eye off the ball with him and just sort of thought, well, we don't need to put that much effort into him because he's, you know, he's a, he's a kind of a made guy. Because if you look at his, was it, did he face Reigns at the Royal Rumble? Yeah. Did they have a pay-per-view between Royal Rumble and Mania?
2: Yeah, it was the Saudi one. Um, And it was... Was it him? No, him and Edge was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, that
1: was last year. Hell in a Cell. They had a Hell in a Cell match. But it was at the Saudi show. So I can't remember what he did for that. And then he had the whole sort of... He wanted a WrestleMania match. So Vince said all he had to do was ask him. And then they put him in the... the, um, the, the scenario with Cody. Yeah. And then, so he's faced Reigns, Cody three times, and I'm pretty sure he's faced Riddle every pay-per-view since. If he's been on it. So it's almost as if they've just sort of, they don't know what to do with him. It mm. we supposed so, to be the match at SummerSlam on it and they moved it off the card, but they yeah. still had a sc- um, and then we got it. So, so I, yeah, I, I'm very confused with what they're doing with him at the minute. Um, but, Like you say, Riddle's pretty much lost everything else, so they're gonna have to give him a win back somewhere. So,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: lock it up, Matt. Yeah, I mean,
3: yeah, my feelings towards it are the same as like what you guys have had, and yeah, there's. I'm gonna say Riddle, but there's a nagging part of me at the back of my head being like, is Cormier gonna be like, this this guy was a bumming. UFC and everybody actually hates him in UFC so you know in the end he kind of turns on him or something like that but the problem is at the end obviously Rollins' character is intentionally annoying so you kind of think that's probably going to wind up a UFC guy more than than Riddle would so yeah I'll go with Riddle but I yeah I don't see the point I don't need to see this one again as much as I need to see it's a lot yeah. of, it's hard of matches that we don't really need to see again. Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey, don't need to see that one again. Yeah. Edge and Finn Balor, don't need to see that one again. It's a lot of kind of... The whilst, only... they,
1: whilst I agree with that, I think the, the fact that they've put them in this fight pit thing is purely for the idea of, well, at least it's not a straight-up match again. Mm.
2: So at well, least we've
1: got that going for it.
2: Obviously. That's one thing that I wanted to mention, actually, as well, was that last year's Extreme Rules match got absolutely flogged because there was one Extreme Rules match on the entire card. Every single match this year has got That's a stipulation. A a definite improvement there. Sorry, Matt. Is
3: this the second
2: fight pit thing or the third? The It's the first. It's the second because I think the first one was, was it Thatcher? Riddle. Riddle Thatcher, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in NXT. I another one at some point. I don't think there has been. Not from memory. Oh I mean, by all means, if you listen to this, going, "God, this clown doesn't know what he's talking about," and there has been. Get in touch on the socials. When what
0: I happened? when I was doing yeah. research earlier, it said this is the second one, and the the Thatcher one was the other one.
2: That was good as well. I enjoyed that yeah, But the Rollins is an entirely different uh, beast to, to Timothy Thatcher. Uh, Thatcher probably lends a little more to the cage fighting element i would have thought in physique yeah. and sort of toughness um not that i'd say that's a roland's face clearly but there we are um, yes. so yeah yes. the, uh, yes. so we have we have a full set of predictions there is not one matching set of predictions the worry is that there's only six on the card, so there may be there may be a tie. We'll find out next time. Uh, we thankfully didn't didn't happen last time. Uh, but yeah, has anybody got any other business for this episode of getting over? No,
0: nothing from me.
2: Okay, so that just leads me to say thank you very much to you gentlemen for for joining me, and uh, also again thank you to those that like share and subscribe and get yourself in the draw for that Alexa Bliss uh, Funko Pop, and if you win, we'll get it out to you. The quicker we get there, the sooner the sooner it could be in your collection. So yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks very much, everyone.
0: So you're watching to that another one done another one gone Ah, uh, where do they all go into the ether so that you can listen or watch along big thank you to listeners and watchers alike if you want to uh, get more involved you can like share subscribe and comment drop us reviews share the podcast around and if you want to check out our, our website it's thecookiecast.com. cookiecast.com there we've got social media links and an email button for you to get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Cookie Cast.